so we're excited to start uh, 2023 together. That's an exciting thing. I also can say something uh, to you today that I couldn't really have said yesterday, and that is, welcome to Anderson Hills Church. And if you're a guest, you're like, oh, this is also confusing. What is he talking about? Well, this is because we, uh, we had formerly been a United Methodist Church. We disaffiliated from the United Methodist Church in this past year, became official as of uh, today, actually. And, you know, it really, I think it's a, it's a new year. It's a new season of exciting things that God is doing at Anderson Hills. Well, we, uh, we are so thankful for our roots in the United Methodist Church. Well, I don't, some folks uh, will talk about these things as kind of a, a divorce. I look at it more as like a, a student leaving the home to go to college or something like that. That really this is the denomination that has been so impactful in us. And we, and we uh, bless them and give thanks for all the work that God has done through that. And we also look forward to the future with great joy and excitement of the work that God will continue to do and the new things that God will do here at Anderson Hills. So today on uh, New Year's Day, uh, I know that for many of us we make resolutions. Do you have any resolution makers out there? A few, yep, uh, yep, I see a few of you out there. Uh, Resolutions are a time where sometimes we say, okay, how do I want things to be different this year? And resolutions can be a bit of a mixed bag, right? Because on the one hand, It's a brand new year, and we're excited, and we can look at things from last year and say, you know what, here's what I want to do different. I want to maybe get rid of some things that were bad, or I want to add on some things that would be good and helpful, and there's new hope and new joy and excitement in all of that, but there can also be a bit of a feeling of tension, because maybe you say, yeah, I remember some New Year's past where I made some pretty big resolutions, and they didn't work out, so... Why, why would I even bother with it, right? Like there's a lot of things we make resolutions around, uh, but maybe one of the most common is around our health, right? Because that's important, and because we also just came out of the Christmas season where we get a little bit, you know, whatnot with that. So maybe for you, you look at the history of your resolutions, and you th- maybe they look something like this. Here in uh, maybe 2020, right, you said, you know, I want to uh, get my weight down below 200 pounds, right? That's a, well, that's a goal, right? To, and then 2020, well, that was a rough year, if you remember, right? So 2021 came, you're like, I want to, you know, well, let's see here, exercise daily till I get below two and a quarter, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, man, oh, geez, this was a terrible year, right? 2022, well, instead, I think I'm going to just develop a more realistic, I believe it is, I'm, look, there we go, develop a realistic attitude about my weight and uh, drive by a gym occasionally, right? <laughs> Let's, let's focus on that which is attainable here. That sounds good. That was kind of tough. So in 2024, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to watch Richard Simmons' videos while sitting on the couch and eating pizza late at night. Thank go. you very I much, you Richard. That's right. That's what Walk I'm going to do door. right there. Don't turn around now. That'll help, surely. Now, for those of you who are teenagers or kids here today, I should apologize for uh, subjecting you to that. Richard Simmons is how your grandmother used to stay in shape, okay? (laughs) And you could have gone your whole life without seeing those shorts, I know. (laughs) 
and now you're traumatized, I'm sorry. But seriously, resolutions, there's excitement about new things, and we should be excited, right? There's, there's some, maybe some tension and some sadness, but friends, I believe, I believe that there's hope. I believe that, I'm not pressuring you to make resolutions, but I believe that there is hope for change. But that hope, that hope can't be in me or you or our strength, right? If it is, it'll look a lot like 2020, 2021, 2022, all these other years, right? I believe that their hope for change is in the power of God working through the Holy Spirit in our lives. I believe the Bible says that if anyone be in Jesus Christ, that person is a new creation. The old is past and the new has come. And on this New Year's Day, we can celebrate that. The fact that, that we can experience the power of God, that our lives can be changed, our lives can be different, in fact, because God is with us. Because we can find this, this new hope, this, this new belief, not in ourselves, but in God. Hear the words of Jesus Christ. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give to you is light. Now Jesus says this, and he speaks out of the context in which he lived, which was kind of a farming context, okay? Jesus lived in a community where farming was at the center of the economy. And so, if you weren't a farmer, your business still probably had something to do. <coughs> your business still had something to do with farming, most likely. And so, Jesus is there, and he's speaking to folks who understand what this is all about. They, because you see, if you're a farmer, you got a field and you plow it. And the thing that's different today is the fields were not nearly as big as today because they didn't have the giant tractors and combines and all this awesome equipment we have today. If you were a farmer back then, you had a plow and you had an animal or maybe multiple animals who would pull this plow for you. You're first starting off and you have a donkey, right? And then maybe you, you do well with that farm and then you can expand a little bit. So you purchase an ox and maybe then even a team of oxen, right? And now you're in business, right? Because you've got like the equivalent of one of those giant combines and giant plows to be able to till your field. The thing is that if you're plowing with an animal and a plow, you've got to have a good way of connecting that plow to the animal, right? You can't just, like, tie this thing on, right? Like, even for us city folks, we know that's not really going to be a workable situation. So what they had is called a yoke. And today's message is called a new yoke for a new year, okay? And a yoke looks like this. That's a single yoke, right? They had double ones as well. But you see that it goes over the shoulder uh, of the animal there. That's kind of the U-shaped part. And then, and then around the neck. And it, and it goes something like this, right? And the thing about the yoke, as you can see with this ox, is that for a yoke to work, it has to fit well. See how nicely that fits on his shoulders? And the deal with yoke is, a yoke, 
you couldn't just go like, you know, you can't just go to Amazon and Wal or Walmart and buy one of these things, okay? You can't just put generic oak on, a, on your ox because there's no generic ox. They're all shaped a little different. They're all a little bit unique. So carpenters would make yokes and they would fit them to the specific animal in which they were going to be attached to. And if a yoke was to be transferred from one to another eventually, you might have to come and the carpenter might have to come and sand it off and make some adjustments there. Now, you remember Jesus' job, right? He was a carpenter. For probably at least 18 years before he started his public ministry, this was Jesus' life. It was one of the many things he would have made. And so he would have made these, he would have shaped these. So when he says these words, we'll go back to the verse here. When he says these words, and he challenges to take, to come to me, all you who are weary and heavy, or, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, he says upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly, perfectly, and the burden I give to you is light. Those of us who memorized it in King James, we might remember the phrase, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Easy is not really the best translation. It's what the original language intended was that it fits well. My yoke fits you well. Friend, what if, what if this year you could take on Jesus' yoke instead of all the other ones? What do I mean by that? Well, a yoke, I'm using this to mean something that connects you with your central purpose in life. Like, the reason that you're here. It's what you're all about. And as we look at our lives, we often wear a variety of yokes. And quite frankly, some of them don't fit us too well. How do you, how do you know what your yoke is? Like, how do you even identify that? Say, okay, well, this seems kind of far out there. Like, what yoke am I wearing? Well, we can talk about our ideals. And we can say, well, I, I want to wear the yoke of this and this and this. But in reality, we ought to just look at the way we live. What do you focus your time on? What do you focus your money on? What do you focus your energy on? Th these are things that are our yokes that we wear. So there's the ideals that we'd like to have, but there's just the reality, this is what we're wearing. This is kind of who we are. This is what we, uh, this is our central drive in life. And for some of us, we've taken on yokes that quite frankly don't fit us very well. And, and the way that Jesus starts that, that passage, come to me all you who are weary, and King James, heavy laden, in other words, you're burdened, you're, you're saddled with all this stuff, and I, Jesus says, I will give you rest. <laughs> it's like he knew what it's like to wear a yoke that doesn't fit well. Because if a yoke didn't fit the animal well, things wouldn't go great. The animal would maybe have to work harder because the angle wouldn't be quite right and there'd be some efficiency loss there. Or it could, even worse, it could rub badly on the shoulders of the animal, making the animal sore. And that makes the animal less than happy and eventually less than productive. You ever had a blister on your foot? Doesn't work so well. 
And so the yoke needed to be fit perfectly to the animal. And Jesus offers you something, friends, that fits you well. That fits you well. Maybe you're here today and you've taken on some yokes that don't fit well. In my notes, I had written out some, but at first service, and I feel the same thing right now, I felt led to just, not, let's not talk about them. You already know what they are. I just want to pray about them. Because these are things that I believe that God can and will bring healing and wholeness from. Because he promised it. <laughs> it's exactly what he says. You feeling tired? Are you feeling loaded down? Take my yoke, Jesus says. Take off that stuff that doesn't fit. Take mine on instead, because it fits you well. So Jesus, we confess that we've got some yokes on that don't fit so well. They're not really a great match for us, and we just, we just want to give them to you, Lord. We just want to give them to you, uh, that you might uh, take them and that you might change us. Lord, some of us are wearing a yoke of performance. We work really hard. And maybe we're on some kind of treadmill. Maybe there was just unpleasable people early in our lives and we've just tired. We're tired of running so hard. We're not even sure what we're running towards sometimes. We need a yoke that fits better than that. Something that fits better than just more doing and more doing and more doing. Something that is deeper, more meaningful, more fulfilling. Give us that yoke, Lord. For others of us, we are, we're wearing yokes of greed. The pursuit of money that is really endless. Because just when we feel like we get to a goal, we just raise the bar even higher. We're trying to keep up with people who may not even care about us. But we're so obsessed with it, we don't know how to stop. Or would you help us to take on your yoke of contentment? Knowing that you are our great provider. Trusting that you are truly our supply. Nothing else, Lord. For others, we've, we've taken on yokes of, of popularity. We want so desperately to be loved and affirmed by others. Maybe we haven't always felt loved and affirmed in our lives. So Lord, we've, we've begun to compromise and do stuff we said we'd never do. Because we just want to be liked. Lord, would you take that yoke? Would you help us to find our identity in you? In things that matter? Would you help us to Seek to, to please you because ultimately it's your opinion that matters, God. You're the one we answer to.
Lord, for others, we've, we've taken on the pursuit of success. And we've climbed the ladder and we've, we've hit goals, we've exceeded goals. But we're not sure where that ladder's taken us. God, would you help us? Help us to only climb those things that are leaning in your direction, God. That we're following you. That our chief pursuit is you and knowing you and being known by you, God. We want to know you more. For some of us, it's guilt and shame. We've done some dumb stuff in our lives. We know it more than anybody else. And right now, we just feel beaten up. Maybe we're beating ourselves up. Would you help us to take the yoke of forgiveness? Forgiveness that you can offer and you alone. Because you died for our sins. You paid the price that we could never pay. Thank you, God. For others, we've, we've taken on the yoke of addiction. We never thought it would get here. But here we are. Would you break us? Would you break those chains? Would you set us free for for joyful obedience to you? If we need help, would you open the door, God? Set us free. For others, we've taken on the yoke of family stuff. Maybe we've taken on unhealthy positions in the family. Maybe we're the family victim. Maybe we're the family (laughs) abuser. Maybe we're the family person who's always angry. Maybe we're the family person who withdraws. Whatever it is, Lord, help us to find the place that you have for us. We're tired. And we need you to give us rest. And Lord, for all the other yokes that are represented here and in our congregation online, God, we just, we give them to you. Take them. Replace them. Replace them with those yokes that you promised, those yokes that fit us so well. We want to carry the burdens that you have for us. Not the other ones that everybody else has dumped on us or that we've dumped on ourselves. We want to follow you, God. You are so good. You are so faithful. You are so kind. You know us so well that you would would give us the yokes that fit us perfectly. So we give you thanks, Lord Jesus. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, friends, there's something about Jesus' yoke that is different than the yokes that we put on ourselves or maybe others put on us and we, we continue to take. Those yokes tend to be those single yokes that I showed you in the picture. They, they're for one. And, and, you know, so, so maybe you've, 
you're wearing one of those, right? You know, and it's, it's the yoke, it's, it's your job, or it's, your, it's family responsibilities, it's, it's parenting, it's school, it's whatever, all these kinds of things, right? And the thing is, Jesus' yoke is different than that. Jesus doesn't just say, oh, here you are, you know, here's your stuff, here's what you're going to do, this is you, this is your role, okay, right, go get them, have a great life. That's not Jesus. It's not a single yoke, friends. Jesus' yoke is a double yoke, right? Because they had a thing, farmers did, when they, were tra- when they were training animals, that they would take, if they had a new oxen, they would take that oxen and they would pair them with another one, right? Like this, right? And so the, the younger, newer oxen would be paired with an experienced ox who, would, who could lead them, who could lead them through the field. And when they wanted to get astray, they kind of guide them back, right? They didn't know where they were going. This one, this one has plowed this field for years and years and knows what they're doing. That, my friends, is who Jesus is for you and for me. We sing a hymn that says, God our Father, Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine, right? And, and it means that Jesus, well, he's God, we know that. He, he's also right here beside us. Look at what the Scripture says in the book of Hebrews. It's talking about the role of Jesus. It says, Let us run with endurance the race God has set set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That's Jesus. He doesn't just put you in this yoke and say, Good luck. No, no, no. This is a yoke that you're in with Jesus. That if it's God's will for your life, you're not walking this alone. You're not doing this by yourself. This isn't a matter of like, how can I try a little harder? How can I get a little better? No, this is you following Jesus. Saying, Jesus, if, if I go my own way again this year, I know how it's going to look. It's going to look a lot like last year, year before, year before. I'm tired of it. And Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Because this yoke, it fits you well. And because the other one plowing beside you, he's our champion. He's the initiator of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. He knows what he's talking about because he came and he lived this life. He did it for you and for me. And he knows because he gave his life as a sacrifice so that you and I can experience forgiveness of our sins. And that, friends, is why we gather here at this table today. You see, it's not because I could earn this or deserve this, or you could earn this or deserve this. It's because Jesus freely gives it. Free gift. It's not your trying. It's not your effort. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life this day. So I offer you today a new yoke, a better yoke. It's a yoke that fits right. It's a yoke that is possible because God loved the world so much, He gave His only Son, Jesus, who gave His life for you and for me. So as we gather here at this table, Bill is going to lead us here in our great thanksgiving, giving thanks to God for this incredible gift we have in Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. 
Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on this earth. You formed us in your image and breached into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made us with a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in prayer and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is given, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us the broken body, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, Make us one with Christ, one with one another, and one in ministry to all the world until you return, Lord Jesus, 
at your in final victory, and we feast at your heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, my friends, with the confidence of children of God, we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. My friends, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread in which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In your pews, you have communion elements. I invite you to, to, to uh, tear off the top layer and to take out the host. My friends, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. Amen. And as we open the cup, we remember that God loves you, you, so very much that he gave his own life for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Would you join us in prayer? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we might go into the world in the strength of your servant. Give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Amen. This morning, earlier, as I was praying through this service, I felt led to do something that's a little different, okay? So we going to invite you to have a seat for just a moment here. Um, it is a day of new beginnings for us as Anderson Hills Church. And we're going to be in this next series where we'll be talking a lot about prayer, but I just felt led this morning to invite, we have a lot of prayer warriors in our church, and to invite, there's some of you that maybe God is leading just to say a prayer for our church today. So I'm actually going to grab this other microphone over here, and if God leads you that way, I'm going to invite you just to, to raise a hand. I'll, I'll kind of come around the room. I'll keep an eye out. And uh, it doesn't matter if one person does or ten people do. It doesn't matter at all. We're here for what the Lord wants, not for what I would want. But, you know, <laughs> it's a humbling thing. It's a humbling thing to be your pastor. This church has been here for 200 years. And we got a lot more, Lord willing. And it's a humbling thing when I think about all the saints who have raised up this place in prayer over generation after generation after generation. Last night, I, I got to visit one of our saints, um, Darlene Judd, at the hospital. And many of you know who that is. Their family has been such an impactful part of, of this church for a long time. And we got to pray together. And... Uh, it just hit me how many people there are like her and so many others who we wouldn't be here today without the power of God and the faithfulness of the prayers of the saints of this church. I'm thankful because I believe in that power more than anything else. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit moving in the lives of, life of this church. So is there anyone who might feel led today just to pray for our church? I don't care if you've been here for two minutes or for, for all of your life. Is there anyone who might feel led to do that? Just raise a hand. I'll come to you. Heavenly Father, we um, come before your throne this, this day, this day of new beginnings, and um, we just ask your blessing upon Anderson Hills Church and I can't help but reflect, Father, that uh, as Pastor John mentioned earlier about the, that we are Anderson Hills Church and about the disaffiliation, that um, that is a very sobering thing to do. Um, so I just pray that as we um, move forward in this, that we move forward in great humility um, because of how you've led us, where you've led us, and that as we move into the future, we do it with boldness and courage and knowing that you are with us and knowing that you are guiding us, but that we also do it in, in great humility. And we just pray and we ask your blessing on us and everybody here. I ask your blessing on Pastor John. Uh, I thank you for him. I thank you for his leadership and not only his leadership, but the, the other pastors and staff in um, this church. And uh, as we move forward in 2023, I just pray that you bring them together. Uh, give them the vision of where you want to take us this next year and into the future. And I pray that you unite them together. And I just pray that you help us to support them, to come around them, to be um, supportive 
and helpful and encouraging to them. And I just pray and just ask these things in uh, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our elder brother, and our soon-coming king, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are there others? Awesome. Well, God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the work that you have done, are doing, and will do. It's always been about you, Jesus, nobody else. We just want to be faithful. We want to be faithful stewards of the legacy of this church, but much more than that, of your kingdom here on this earth. God, as we prayed, may your kingdom come, may your will be done here on earth, here at Anderson Hills Church, as it is in heaven. God, we thank you for our roots. We thank you for our, our historic roots in the United Methodist Church, in the Methodist Church before that, all the way back to John Wesley himself. And we thank you for those beliefs and those roots that carry with us today and will carry us into the future that you have for us. God, we thank you. We thank you for the faithfulness of the saints at this place. We thank you for those who... <laughs> who used to cook food for, for fairs so that we could have money for a facility around here. We thank you for those who, who pray daily, year and decade after decade, that you would move in this place. We thank you for those who serve, whether it's to, to, to usher and give a smile on the way in the door, to, to to be someone who helps lead this church through the council and the trustees or someone who, who sweeps the floors or someone who uh, helps to fix the building, to lead the children, to mentor the youth, to whatever it is, God, thank you. It's your hands. It's your feet. It's your power at work. And Lord, as we continue to go forward, we give it to you. I pray for the next person who's going to find Jesus right here. Thank you. Thank you, God. Do it, Lord. Do it as you've never done it before. We give ourselves to you. We love you, God, and pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.